0: Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show and a podcast for fans of music in general and a podcast for singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who are working hard to try to learn from my guests every week and advance their career. I am Bruce Wozniak. Make sure you check us out online at www.nhte.net now hear this entertainment is available on itunes google play music stitcher radio soundcloud and TuneIn radio please do subscribe and tell your friends about it we are on location at the task booth live from the nam show in anaheim california and just had a demonstration a performance if i may some interesting music from my guest peter tom from loop tunes peter welcome thank you uh, tell the listeners all about loop tunes what what is loop tunes
1: Sure. Uh, LoopTunes is a performance-oriented tool that allows you to play loops uh, together. You can also record loops. Uh, You have a loop browser that can access an online database of uh, um, over 15,000 loops right now. It also has song decks that that let you play uh, DJ-type songs. Uh, It's native instrument stems enabled, so you can have four stems playing individual and apply uh, delay or effects to it and uh, it has an effect section that allows you to do performance type XY pad controls and you, it's
0: easy to get really immersed in it. <laughs> we, we are looking at it on an iPad yep. uh, and then you have other equipment here that you're using as well where as I mentioned we are here at the TaskCam booth uh, and you are using the TaskCam iXR Yes, it's uh, hooked up to the Tascam iXR, which is an, an
1: iPad-oriented um, audio interface, and it, it's, uh, I've, I've had the pleasure to test with it and uh, really enjoyed playing with it because it has a really awesome audio quality. And then I also use the MIDI Fighter Twister, which is a MIDI controller that I can use to trigger my pads as well as control volumes or delays or filters.
0: But that unit is optional. That unit is optional. Yeah. So users can, uh, those who are interested, can download Loop Tunes, use it on their iPad, and be off and running. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, there's also an iPhone version,
1: um, which is in portray mode, and you can flip in between uh, the two sessions uh, to to see what uh, which side is is doing what and uh, the iPhone version is $5, the iPad version is $7.
0: And I had the opportunity to interview Jordan Rudis, uh, who most people know from Dream Theater, but uh, Jordan has developed GeoShred, which is an app as well, and he was demoing it on an iPad. Um, This is, I don't even want to say the wave of the future, this is where music has gone to today, yes?
1: Absolutely, the the iPad offers a lot of control in, in terms of touchpad-like control um, that is really desirable on stage, uh, as well as being much cheaper than a laptop if <laughs> beer gets spilled on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'll ask you the same question that I asked Jordan, which was, how long was it from concept to uh, reality, from when you came up with the idea for Loop Tunes to it now being on the market? Yeah,
1: it was about one and a half years, uh, by now two years. Um, I released it last June and uh, got really great feedback about it, It, um,
0: yeah, people love it. Uh, So how did you come up with the idea, and I guess along that same lines, what is your background musically?
1: I have classical piano training. Uh, I started making music when I was seven, started uh, doing home recording when I was 14, doing uh, electronic music, uh, always geared toward the the electronic type music. Uh, And I have a strong software background. I also wrote the um, original um, MPC software uh, that came out in 2012. Uh, and then I decided to start my own thing, to get my own ideas rolling and again, and I came up with Loop Tunes, and I wanted to make an, a performance-oriented tool that uh, not only professionals can use, but that's usable by everyone, all, all the way to my six-year-old daughter. <laughs>
0: so did you come up with this idea um, accidentally, or was it something that you felt was needed, or was it something that... You just kind of thought, you know, I'm, I, I see potential here, I'm going to experiment. How how did you come up with the idea? What made you think, I need to develop an app that can do all these things that I have in my head?
1: Yeah, I wanted to create a tool that uh, that is also attractive to non-musicians, so you don't have a musical background. I, I was fortunate to, to get piano uh, lessons since I was seven, but not everybody else is. And I wanted to enable everybody to be able to make uh, awesome music. And uh, I think I achieved that with loop tunes in that you can string uh, drum loops and bass loops together and uh, have create sessions on the fly within seconds that,
0: that sound good. So even though you said this can be used by your child who is just doing it recreationally, um, from a business standpoint, who do you see th- being the target for this? Is this, is this being marketed towards uh, DJs, producers? Yes. Uh, so EDM uh, producers
1: should eat this up, yes? Yes, absolutely. Furthermore, you can also use it in, in production by uh, using it as a scratch pad. You can browse loops, and if, if you uh, get a session together that you like, Uh, It also is Ableton Live export enabled, uh, so you can export your sessions directly into Ableton Live and from there take it to the next step.
0: Uh, But you mentioned that there is a vast library available. Are you the only one providing to that library or will this be opened up where the community can provide into that library? No, um, the provide uh, the p-
1: library provider is Loopmasters, and uh, I keep adding more loops to the online database that you can use. You can record your own loops. Uh, you you cannot share them yet. That's that's in the planning.
0: Okay, and so then um, thinking also about is it there yet? Uh, is Loop Tunes going to be available for Android devices?
1: At some point, yes. Uh, my, my immediate plans are to port it to desktop as well, Mac and PC, and also Android. Uh, I, I got
0: uh, a few requests to also do Android. Okay, I saw as you were playing, um, You looked like you were enjoying yourself. Like, it's obviously, you know, you're the developer, so it just comes natural to you. But were you just making those songs up as you were playing them, or are those actual songs that any time you demo it, you always play the same songs? Uh, It was a little bit of both. Like, with the the songs...
1: you, you can just play them back uh, front to finish, but that's too boring to me. I, li- I like to uh, mix it up and, and augment it with different loops or add a different kick drum here and there and uh, apply effects into it and ease in and out. And then when I play on the grid, I can start and stop various
0: loops and, and create a really dynamic song on the fly. Uh, Listeners, if you want to find more about this, go online to www.looptoons.com. It's L-O-O-P, just like you think it would be spelled, looptoons.com. And then Looptoons is also on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, And my guest today is the creator of Looptoons, Peter Tom. Um, Peter, it says on your Facebook page that you just uploaded an album. Uh, is it an album of all Loop created music? It's not Loop Tunes created, but I, I
1: actually played this album during my performance, or I played a couple of songs from it. Uh, the album is uh, 10 songs deep, and uh, yeah, I,
0: I created that in my other spare time over the last year. Uh, but is that kind of something that you're going to continue to do? Is to is to create and record and release albums for sale solely of loop Tunes music?
1: Uh, not solely of LoopTunes music, but I will. Uh, I'm definitely uh, using LoopTunes to to come up with ideas or, or incorporate loops uh, when I'm browsing a loop that I really like and. Uh, uh, then, then I just incorporate that into my uh, doll of choice Ableton and uh, can take it to the next step and uh, uh, play, add, add more loops to it. So is Loop Tunes, is, is this your full-time business now? It's not my full time business, it's, it's a side gig that I'm doing. My full time job, uh, I'm employed at Telestream. They do video broadcasting software, and um, uh, that's, that's a really
0: fun job too. <laughs> uh, have you started to get feedback from users yet? And I wonder specifically, have you gotten feedback from the EDM community?
1: I have a little bit of both. Uh, I've gotten um, mostly good feedback, people loving the app, uh, they like the simplicity and, and the, the ease of use, like everything is, is right there, you, you don't really need a manual to, to know how to use it, and um, it seems
0: like people are really enjoying it. Are you looking for users to give you feedback so that you can Absolutely. make some some changes in it and, and how best for them to contact you with that feedback? They can
1: contact me via the Facebook page or they can uh, send me, there, there's contact information on my website as well and I'm always open for feedback and uh, if, if it makes sense for me to incorporate it, I,
0: I try to uh, do that. And for the listeners who are wondering, uh, your accent, you were originally from Germany and came to the United States uh, when and why? I came uh, to the United States in
1: 1998 and I, uh, it's a longer story, but I I came for the sun and the surf and (laughs) stayed.
0: So, did you come, when you came to the United States, did you come to California or did you ever live anywhere else? I came
1: to to California straight to Santa Cruz, and uh, when I set foot in Santa Cruz, I I was like, this is it, I'm staying.
0: So, are you a surfer?
1: I am, yeah. And do you surf regularly? I try to. (laughs) Uh, I also have two kids, so it's
0: uh, time permitting. Uh, So, how does it go to come up with the idea of Loop Tunes, have a regular job, have kids? and try to get people to understand this isn't a hobby. This isn't something that I'm wasting time you know, fooling around with. This is a, a business plan that I have. This is something that I intend to develop because obviously it's a big responsibility to have children and have a regular job that you have to go to. But knowing, I think I'm on to something here.
1: Yeah, there, there's definitely a, a, a strong drive behind it because it, it takes a lot of hard work to, to, to do this and uh, to juggle family and main job, side job, and I also want to make music, Um, somehow I manage it uh, uh, and still stay sane. (laughs) But yeah, it's it's uh, there's a lot of passion behind it.
0: So when I interview uh, traditional musicians, um, whether they're songwriters or someone who just plays, it's really easy to ask them, you know, who their influences are. But when you're the creator of an app that does what Loop Tunes does. Is it? Is there an opportunity to be inspired by someone else, influenced by, or or now that it's out, do you maybe study anyone else to say this person is doing this, and maybe I can incorporate that into loop tunes? You mean software-wise? It could be software. It could be
1: yeah, definitely. I I, I always look around what other software or what other apps are doing and see does it make sense for LoopTunes also or not. And then my original inspiration was essentially my previous job uh, in the MPC team, which which is geared toward workflow. It's all about workflow, the ease of use, and uh, after I left the team, I I was like, I want to create a tool that's even easier to use.
0: uh, yeah, came up with Loop Tunes. So Loop Tunes, we can consider it still being new for all intents and purposes, right. even though you said you know a year, year and a half that you've been putting it together. Yep. Um, so is it a goal of yours? And, and and I guess the question would be, if you were to get someone, uh, you know, you, you hear about um, someone may came up might come up with a new guitar or a new drum set or something, and so they want someone that's known to use it, to endorse it, and to kind of be the face. Of that piece of that that instrument, who would you target to say, "Gee, it would be great if I could get somebody to kind of really boost this for me and get behind it." Would it be a, a DJ, an EDM producer? Yeah, it would be mostly EDM or, or electronic
1: producers, since since this tool is mostly it, it's it's ideally used in electronic music uh, and uh, electronic musicians, could potentially really benefit from it
0: would you say that uh, you, you talked before about you know uh, a six-year-old or a nine-year-old could pick it up and use it would you say that as a result it might even be easier to market to say just a just a dj in a in a nightclub anywhere that you know maybe kind of wants to play something a little bit different and maybe he's kind of afraid well i don't i'm not really a creator this sounds like it's very user friendly to encourage people to just create
1: absolutely it's 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 kind of hard to mess things up because everything is always synchronized to the beat, and uh, you you can really you can have a lot of happy accidents and uh, just create and create and create till till
0: you like what you're hearing. Yeah, I like it. You you read my mind because I was going to say you know could someone use loop tunes and you as the creator come along? It, it sounds to me like there's no such thing as saying oh wait a minute you're doing that wrong. No, like.
1: When, when the inventor of the trumpet, uh, the, the inventor of the trumpet, for example, he didn't tell Dizzy Gillespie how to use it.
0: <laughs> um, what about, I'm going to use the expression user, user manual. Is this thing very user friendly that you just install it and you're off and running, or is there some sort of, should they, should they do you have a, a training video for it, or is there uh, maybe some online documentation that comes with it so people know how to get off and running with it, or is it really just trial and error? A little bit of everything. It's,
1: uh, it's uh, from the get-go, it's very easy to use. I also have uh, a few video tutorials online. I'm still planning to to do a manual, like a traditional manual, to read uh, how certain things go or to to really find out about some features that might be a little bit hidden. Um, uh, But generally, you can uh, download the app and get going, and uh,
0: it's intuitive enough to really know uh, what what you're doing. All right, so for all you iPad users who are listening, the app is called Looptunes. My guest has been. Peter, Tom, thank you very much, and congratulations on, on a very innovative launch. Thank you, too. Again, check him out online at www.looptunes.com, and then find Loop Tunes on Facebook and on YouTube as well. I am Bruce Wozniak. This is Now Here This Entertainment. We are at www.nhte.net. And you can also listen to the show there, as well as iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and even TuneIn Radio. We are on location at the TaskCam booth at the NAMM Show in Anaheim, California. And stick around for more. Now hear this entertainment. This is our special series of interviews done live on location and you know about the various outlets where you can hear Now Hear This Entertainment as well as the various social media platforms you can engage with the show through. But I've stepped back into Crystal Blue Sound Studios long enough to tell you about some of the other features around Now Hear This Entertainment. When you're looking for music from any of the guests who appear on Now Hear This Entertainment, or for that matter anytime you're going to make any kind of purchase from Amazon period, Be sure to go to www.nhte.net and click on the tall Amazon banner to get there. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it does help with a small return from Amazon to NHTE, which helps keep the show going so you can continue to hear great artist interviews and their original music each week. If you really love the show, wear it. There are NHTE t-shirts and hats available for purchase at nhte.net. It's a fun way to spread the word to others about this podcast. Those of you who are regular listeners to the show know all about the tip I always give out in the middle of each episode talking to up-and-coming performers. That's a segment called Bruce's Bonus, and as much as I'd like you to go back and listen to past episodes of NHTE to try to find all those bonuses, they have all been compiled for you in a concise ebook format, which you can purchase at www.brucesbonusbook.com. I also want to hear your thoughts on the show and chat online with you, as well as get the listeners talking to one another, which is why there is a special Facebook group for NHTE listeners. Look for the NHTE Facebook group icon at nhte.net or just search on Facebook for the group. It's called NHTE Listeners. And we also now have a Patreon for the show. I sincerely appreciate your consideration of an ongoing monthly donation to help support continued production and related expenses of NHTE. There are different levels of giving listed, as well as some neat thank you gifts for doing so. Just go to nhte.net and look for the Patreon button, or go to patreon.com nhte. And of course, Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Patreon.com slash N-H-T-E. One final note from here at the studio before we resume the live on-location interviews, and that is for you to check out Crystal Blue Sound Studios online. They are located near Tampa, Florida, but in this day and age of online file sharing and cloud storage can help you regardless of where you are. So be sure to visit www.cbpro.net, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. And now back to our Special Nam Show series. This is now here. This entertainment. I am Bruce Wozniak. We are on location at the Tascam booth at the NAMM show in Anaheim, California, at the Convention Center, and I am thrilled to be joined by. I'm going to be. I'm going to be polite. I'm just going to say, Death Angel. We were goofing around off air a little before we started this, and the fact that there's three of them, but you might see where I'm going with that as, as someone who's a fan of old-time comedy. But instead, I'll say, guys, thank you and welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Three fifths of Death Angel. uh, Yeah, Ted, Will, and Mark are here uh, at the NAMM show and specifically at the Tascam booth. And guys, um, 30 years. 2017, it's a 30-year
2: anniversary of Death Angel.
0: Congratulations.
2: Well, yeah, 30-year anniversary of our debut album, the release of our debut album. Yeah, so... um yeah. It's so, is amazing. there is there
0: some some special plans for you know you see so many bands nowadays that do uh, a re-release or an entire tour around a certain album uh, or I should say you know an entire uh, concert where it's built around the first album uh, or they as I say uh, you know it's a remixed anything that special that will be done for that first album to mark the 30 year anniversary.
2: Well, I mean, for for a lot of people it would be that case, but we got too excited, you know. exposed nerve endings so we did it on our 25th year
3: (laughs) yeah we did a full tour yeah and did the whole album a few years ago five years ago
2: (laughs) yeah but it did get um, re-released on vinyl through Metal Blade through Metal Blade last year correct correct yeah but uh, so we can't wait to do it you know A full tour for it 30 years later we just did one five years well that that brings
0: up an interesting point because as i say you know so many of these bands you know you do look at we're coming up on a certain milestone and i assume that there's a certain amount of pressure but at the same time you know how do you decide well should we do something for 25 should we do something for 30 should you know what goes into that decision making process like you said we did it at 25
2: is there some pressure will we have to do something for for 30. I mean, people have asked, but I think those people just didn't realize we did something at 25. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I think we were just excited. We thought 25 was quite a milestone, so by the time it hit 30, we're like, ah, we did that, you know. And I guess, looking back on it, it would have been odd for us to say, let's do it in our 30 year, you know. 25 was exciting enough. Absolutely. I'm still thrilled.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, so, uh, you
0: know, Death Angel, again, continuing to look back, um, Death Angel was among the youngest bands to storm the metal genre. So what ages were we
2: talking about when Death Angel started out? Well, they initially started. See, Death Angel actually formed in 1982. I didn't join until 84. But um, when I joined in 84, I was 15. Um, Our lead guitarist Rob was 15. Wow. Our drummer, Andy, was 12, and um, Dennis and Gus were both 16. But so you subtract that by 2 before I joined, so our drummer was 10. (laughs) 13 14 14 <laughs> and th- and that makes it even harder to believe among the
0: youngest band you would think it would be the youngest band to storm the metal genre that's that's young
2: back that's, then they were the youngest band back young, then yeah yeah, yeah 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 we're no longer the youngest band in thrash
0: <laughs> I, I don't think so um, so you've obviously there have been multiple albums uh, over the years and so you've categorized them uh, the formation the Reformation the evolution um, just talk about you know kind of those that that, that concept of, of categorizing different groups of albums?
2: Well, I mean, the formation. <laughs> <laughs> it's when we formed. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be, no, the, I mean, it's going to be the earlier records. And I'd say um, it, it's going to be obviously the Ultraviolence, which was debut album that came out 30 years ago in 87. But um, I think it's more just. It's not only that, but it's that first era, and it was uh, based around kind of the glory days the heyday of original, the original thrash movement, which happened you know, in the 80s, mid 80s through, you know, 90, if you ask me. But, um, and it covers, I basically, I guess Death Angel Mach 1, and we broke up in 1990, and then um, reformed in 2001, and then didn't start putting out product again until 2004, so that would be, you know, the reformation, so to speak, and then, We did a couple titles um, on Nuclear Blast. That was, let's see, uh, The the Art of Dying and Killing Season. (laughs) Ted's my memory. 2004 and 2008, right? Correct. See? And um, so that would be the reformation. And that was Death Angel Mach 2 that had um, four of the original members and Ted. But Ted's been with the band since 2001. And um, then after that, we hit yet another speed bump which happens with bands that, have you know, stay together for quite some time. And uh, people start having families and paying mortgages and, you know, metal doesn't always pay all the bills, especially not for your children. So then we hit Death Angel Mach 3, right? With Will Carroll joining the band on drums and uh, Damien Sisson on, on bass. And since then, it's, I think, pretty, you know, the most productive of all the eras
3: we've been with this this band. We're on the fourth record with this band. Yeah, uh, with three studio albums and a live album. Yeah. I joined in 2009. Me and Damian both joined in 2009. and Yeah, since then we put out three studio albums, uh, DVD, live album,
2: so we've been pretty busy. And it's the most touring we've ever done with this lineup than any lineup prior, for uh, sure. For those who are listening to this podcast,
0: and uh, we do have a, a big group here watching, um so those of you who are listening don't know that Ted has been kind of giving hand signals and, and helping out with some of these answers without having to speak, so I want to give you a chance to talk a little bit because I love you... listening.
2: <laughs> but Ted well, is my memory for real.
3: Ted you you spiked... Some people like watching, he likes listening.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, keep the door closed. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now wait a minute, does that does that mean that I have to mark this this episode as explicit when it goes on <clears throat> iTunes? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ted, you, you cite a variety of influences, but, but yet I was told to ask uh, who we would find on your iPod. Because I have a feeling that this is going to be an answer that people aren't going to expect, is, is, the, is the angle I'm coming from. Or maybe so, by the look on your face. <laughs> well, I have a lot of music on my iPod from different genres. You know. but, but let's hear like what kind of range, from who to who to who. Later to Bruno
5: Mars.
0: And uh, and and the and the maybe the most surprising one to, to followers of Death Angel. Who do you listen to that people might be really surprised to hear?
5: Weird in? Al Yankovic.
0: <laughs> they're We're
5: obsessed with him.
2: We're they Al
0: are obsessed Yankovic. with him. Yes, we are. <laughs> but
2: why did you point to Will when you said that? So no, no, you I love you him too. I love him too. Yeah, he's, not, he's not alone on that one.
5: I'm not alone. They went to high school together, so they got a lot in common. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so our I mean our music, each of us, if you look at our iPod, they're they're all over the place. Mine's
3: probably the least surprising of of, of the batch. Mine's pretty much metal, for the most part.
0: Mark you, Mark, you said before, um, you know, metal doesn't pay the bills. So I'm curious, having Not done this for as having, <laughs> having done this for as long as you have, is the, is the, is there? Uh, you're at the stage of your career now where it's time to start passing wisdom on to the youngsters who are up and comers that are saying, this is what I want to do for a living, though. So what, what do you say to them, because obviously you do, and, and we've had guests on the show who have said, this is a new economy, and nobody's doing just their band, or just their solo act, or whatever it is. Everyone's involved in different projects. What, what, what's your view on, on this for up-and-comers who are saying, no, I want this to be my
2: full-time career? If I'm saying, if that's what they truly want, attack it with the most gusto you can, and follow your heart. And as long as you're doing something that you feel is relevant, and original, and it fulfills your desire and what you need to get out, then do it. But just be prepared to make sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice. And I mean, I, I, I that squared sacrifice. Yeah, and then at the end of that, make some more sacrifices. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's, that's what it is, you know. You're gonna get tough skin, but you know, the payoffs, incredible incredible as far as, and I don't mean to pay off financially, but emotionally when you start hitting, setting certain goals and you start achieving these smaller goals, every time you reach one of them, it's spectacular. So that alone is worth it. Um, and again, I did say it doesn't pay all the bills, and I just mean all of them, but you know, it, it's looking up again. You know, music in general is on the upswing. It had a, it had a, a, a state of flux where I think no one really knew what to do between the, the era of analog and digital. And for streaming versus you know actual Fine, vinyl album. sales versus CD sales and then it went to digital and then it just kind of threw everyone had to reconfigure everything from publishing to record sales to just everything and even musicians how they recorded so it's it, i think it's finally it's it's catching its gear so to speak and now i think people are getting it and it's uh, it's on the upswing and musicians are finding ways to you know make a living off of it and it's 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 to me it's the greatest it's it's the greatest thing in the planet the the greatest expressions the greatest art and it, the biggest payback is what you get out of music so well did you have something you wanted to say well, I was just of, to say,
3: like for the kids who want to start a band or do music be nice to your parents too because they will buy you stuff
5: <laughs> god damn right <laughs> and you kind of want to set your life up for it i mean you can't just automatically like i'm gonna have a family i'm gonna buy a house and music's going to pay my bills. You know, you kind of got to because you're going to lose that family and you're going to
2: lose that house. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you got to set your life up
0: to be a musician. Nicely said. Nicely <laughs> said. I am Bruce Wozniak. This is Now here. This Entertainment. We are on location at the Tascam booth at the NAMM show here in Anaheim, California. Do check out Death Angel online, www.deathangel.us. They recently launched a new self-managed fan club called The Pack. That's at www.deathangelpack.com. And obviously the band is on social media as well. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And of course our show, Now here, This Entertainment, is at www.nhte.net. It's available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and even on TuneIn Radio. Guys, uh, I mentioned that we're here at the Cam booth. Um, Death Angel certainly has very much a Tascam connection. Uh, I'll let, put that out to any one of the three of you.
5: Oh man, Cam goes way back with me. I'm sure with in the earlier death angel days because i, I have a Tascam uh, two track yeah, yeah I, <laughs> two, two track. I remember that i still I have it. it and uh
3: <laughs> our, our, our first demo together was on a tascam four track back yeah in 87.
5: 87 87 yeah, yeah. we were in a garage van his brother produced our demo had a four track one track for the drums bass guitar and vocal that's how we did our demo <laughs> and back then we were young in 87 when you see someone with a four track you think yeah, hey, we're pro! We're pro! And you know what? I still have my Tascam 424.
0: Well, and then similarly, Mark, you were talking about the changes in the industry and where music uh, was and where it has come to in the different formats. Um, but Death Angel is very much about vinyl. Vinyl is coming back, and, it, and obviously, uh, you know, there's there's turntables here at the Tascam.
3: On our last tour, we, we sold vinyl for the first time and it every night it was sold out it was, it was flying out the door people buying vinyl every night so it's definitely back in yeah full and force truly truly yeah. and
2: i mean with us you know as i said when we got signed it was in the 80s our debut album came out in 87 and people ask me all the time what's what's the greatest moment that ever happened musically or my great moments in my career and all and and i'll say to this day in my top three number one is always the first day i got the promo copy from enigma records the death angel the Ultraviolence, and i pulled out i pulled out my vinyl and i just kept looking at it and flipping it over looking at the lyric sheet and the liner notes reading it over and just holding the vinyl and just thinking wow wow you know i couldn't get enough of it and then at the same time, it was just and they gave, me, they gave me, you know, a box of vinyl, a box of CDs, and a box of cassettes and I pulled out the CD and I'm like, what the hell is this thing? <laughs> <laughs> what do I this do thing with ain't this? going anywhere. Like, I understood cassettes because it was, you know, cassettes but vinyl was it and I started laughing at CDs and then all of a sudden, you know, vinyl started going away, yep. CDs started coming and then, you know, then all of a sudden CDs are becoming passe and vinyl's like on a surge, and I CDs love it. CDs are almost
3: worthless now, it seems yeah. like. People just don't care at all about it. <laughs> yeah. And there is this shift that we're
0: seeing back to vinyl, and, and I understand. It. It's it's not just Death Angel recording on vinyl. Like, the three of you, like there is an actual interest, right, personally in, yep. in, in vinyl. The I, oh, yeah.
3: I have a pretty big vinyl collection. Like, in the 90s it was hard to keep my collection going, because no one was making new releases on vinyl. But uh, I, I kept going, <laughs> and so now I'm, I'm still collecting. I have a couple thousand records. Like, no. I,
0: w- I would think that as a result that there has to be an appreciation among the three of you for what has become an annual occurrence now, which is Record Store Day nationally, where they're That's really...
3: awesome. And I'm, I'm, that'd be great if Death Angel were a part of it next year, maybe, like we put something special out. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Like, like Metallica put out like that cool demo last year of the uh, No Light to Leather, like a replica of the demo. and Yeah, bands do really cool stuff on Record Store Day. I, I love it.
0: And thank you for setting me up with that, because uh, I want to mention um, Death Angel has opened for the likes of Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, um, you know, Mark, you said you get asked all the time, what's a highlight? Um, is, is it even possible? Because, you know, people hear those, and again, for those young up-and-comers who are listening, they go, man, if I can get to that point, if our band could open up for a major headliner like that, that would be it, which, of course, it's not it, because, you know, you want to be the headliner someday. Um, but. Highlights or or, you know, maybe kind of thinking back to the first time you were opening up for those kind of bands memories Um,
2: Well, I just I remember your first show wasn't it Megadeth? My first first show ever with Death Angel was um, November 26th 1984 at the Stone in San Francisco my very first show performing and it was Megadeth and Death Angel No and pressure, right? <laughs> with, with Kerry King on guitar. Yeah and, I walk, yeah, and I walk out, and it's the first the first show I ever played with a band ever, besides being, like, you know, the first time I'm ever on stage, besides being, like, in drama as an elementary school kid. <laughs> I walk out, and it's a sold-out crowd, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I just remember my heart racing and hands shaking, and it, just, it went by like that, but it was just incredible. And then, ironically enough, like, two shows later, my 16th birthday... It was Slayer and Death Angel at wow. the same venue. Wow. <laughs> February 9th, 1985? 19... Yeah, 85. Yes, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> He's my memory <laughs> and my calculator and my compass. Uh, Will and Ted,
0: same question. Uh, you know, a, a, a memory, a highlight, or, 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 or thinking back to, to opportunities like that?
3: Well, I'm. Um, Actually, same as Mark, the first time I, I saw myself on an actual vinyl, like a record. And that happened a lot later in my music career, surprisingly. Like, all the all my bands never made records. Uh, we put out releases, but they never come out on vinyl. And finally, when I joined Death Angel, the yeah, the first album I'm on, uh, Relentless it took you so long? I don't know what you <laughs> I, I collect vinyl. I, I've been pushing for it for years with my other bands, but no one ever wanted to do it. But yeah, that was a really proud moment, pulling a, a gate full of vinyl with... With with my record in there, so that was definitely, and it's cool that it happened later in my life, you know. So it's never too late to have a, a great moment. <laughs> <laughs> I plan on having some tonight. Yeah.
5: <laughs> my favorite memory, two of them, when Death Angel reformed Thrash of the Titans, yeah. my first gig with them, and we only had two rehearsals. That's right. Wow. Two rehearsals. Wow. And I was, and during that whole, Mark was in the band called Swarm with. Uh, Andy and Rob, and they were out touring the country with Jerry Cantrell, so there was no time to rehearse as a band. So I had to figure things out on my own.
2: Yeah, we gave him a song list and said, learn these! Yeah. And then we got to rehearsal and he knew him better than us. <laughs>
5: <laughs> so playing Thrash of the Titans with them, and um, my first overseas appearance with Death Angel at the f and in Eindhoven and the Dynamo Festival. That's right. Sold out before we even left the country. In what country was that? Holland. So,
4: let's
0: uh, let's get back, Mark. You you talked about being that young and stepping on stage, and oh my gosh, look who we're opening up for, and this venue is packed. So again, thinking about those up and comers who listen to the show, um, you know, what advice can you give them in terms of overcoming those nerves? Because like you say, here you were a bundle of nerves, and all of a sudden the thing is over. Um, is is there something you would tell a musician, a, a performer, about preparation to go on that stage, and so that they can enjoy the moment and, and not all of a sudden, wow, it's done. I'm so busy worrying about how nervous I. Am.
2: It's, it's really hard, you know, because <clears throat> people get different, you know, uh, little quirks about getting on stage and anxieties. And, you know, I, certain people, you know, are immune to it. And I've grown kind of immune to it. Ted. Ted gets really anxious before shows. I know that. And, and I'll, it, he, I, I don't like, do, do it.
5: myself any good because I get anxious and I have a cup of coffee. Yeah. Uh, yeah but I mean, and he has
2: a glass of gin.
0: <laughs>
2: I don't start drinking until I get
0: on stage. <laughs> and you have coffee with gin in it. You yeah. combine the two. <laughs> well,
2: n- no, but see, and that's what kind of, I think you kind of retrain your mind. Like, that's what I would say to Ted. He was like, oh, man, he'd be pacing around and closing, um, opening and closing the damn curtains on the bus
4: <laughs> constantly. I'm
2: just looking at him, watching him spin out. I'm like, you all right? He's like, oh, I'm nervous. And I just kind of say, it's kind of retraining your, your thought process. And I say, well, you're not, try not to think that you're nervous, you're anxious. but You're anxious to do something that people want to see you do. You're anxious to do something you love. So you're anxious to do something. And so, and that was kind of the first gig ever for me. So I, I, I transferred, you know, I made that transition pretty quick into, you know, thinking that way. And now I'm so excited about it. And it's kind of a philosophy I've taken in general versus the first era of Death Angel to to the newer era. Because those first three records, you know, Mach 1, all of it went by now that I look back on it, just like a blip. And because I didn't know anything else, because we formed so young and toured so much at a very young age, that when I look back on it, it went by too fast. And then I had This era of not playing music, and I thought, you know, if I'm ever fortunate enough to get to another a music career again, going in my life where I'm touring and putting out product consistently, I'm gonna savor every moment that I'm doing, you know, whether when it's recording, whether it's touring, whether it's being broken down the side of the road touring, you know, (laughs) something. But you know, and now we do it, and I just have such a new appreciation for it that I didn't have when I was younger. And I've said it before, and I go, you know, if you're fortunate enough in your life to complain about music, you're really ahead of the game. Because you're going to complain about whatever the hell you're doing in life, whatever your job is, and if it happens to be music, <laughs> And uh, just just like that, the time has gone by
0: and, and we're, we're going to wrap this up, but uh, we are going to play a song of yours called Lost. And so uh, before we let you go, uh, if one of you would uh, just talk about, talk about this song.
2: Hmm. All right. <laughs> I guess I will. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, "Lost" is from the latest record, "The Evil Divide." It's uh, one of the most melodic songs we've come out with in uh, with this era, for sure. With this lineup, and um, it, and I'm glad. I'm glad because you know we kind of came out the gate swinging with this lineup on purpose, and just uh, we wanted to show a more you know, I, I guess, a ferocious version with this this lineup, to get our you know. To make people know we weren't messing around with this new lineup, and you know, and the response has been incredible with our more aggressive side. But I think we, you know, we have the confidence now with this lineup that we could, you know, push the boundaries a bit. And with Lost, you know, Rob came up with the riff, and then you know, with like with most songs, he will come up with a riff and then start working with Will in the studio, and they kind of hash it out, and they come up with a basic uh, structure, and then they'll, you know, they'll make like a, a, a raw demo of the structure of the song, and then Rob will send me a, wi- a you know a wave wave file of some sort and of course I'll put it on CD and put it in my <laughs> Discman <laughs> I have a Discman <laughs> and I'll just play it over and over again until I'll always and this is the process for every song pretty much but this one and I'll you know I'll just kind of play it over again think, sing melodies in my head sing melodies in my head till I think something sticks for every part and um, with this one Rob wrote it was much more melodic and had so much room to breathe and um, it, I really, it, it really left me a lot of room to, you know, really push myself and come up with, you know, hooks from verse to pre-chorus to chorus. And I think with that one, you know, it's a song I'm very proud of, and I think we achieved it on that. And I also pushed myself range-wise to, uh, you know, to to for, m- most I push it, I think, on any record yet, especially this particular song. And I, lyrically, it's just kind of about, you know, it's songs called Lost and I always try to be ambiguous enough that you know a listener could put their thought process to it but um, you know it's about feeling apart and everyone's felt apart at some point in their life it doesn't it could be you know a week it could be months it could be your whole teenage years and you're not aloof to that it could be late, later in your life get a divorce all of a sudden you're just on your own and things you you're accustomed to a certain way of life and it's just feeling apart and overcoming that And I've also taken it to things like, and I don't like to be political, I don't like to be religious, because I just want music is music, and if our music touches you, no matter what you are, bless your heart, you know, plain and simple. I don't want it to be divisive, I want it to bring everyone together. But the thing is, with religions and whatnot, the things that... I took it from the fact that uh, certain people are taught what is right and what is wrong. And certain people in other countries are taught what is right and what is wrong. And the child who's taught what is right is—they think they're doing right. And you know, someone taught over here that that child taught something totally different, thinks they're doing right. And because of that, there's conflict. But neither one of them is doing wrong; they're just—they're doing Doing Someone else's idea of right. By what they were taught, you know. And it's no one's fault. So, anyway.
3: Blah, 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 blah. It's not an easy song to play, either. <laughs> it is. So slow double bass is a lot harder than you think. <laughs> well,
0: Ted, Will, and Mark, thank you thank you all so much. And uh, all the best for 2017 and for, at this rate, many, many more years to come, obviously, That's for cool. Death Angel.
5: Thank you. Nice uh, and
0: thrash. Again, check them out online, www.deathangel.us. Remember, they recently launched a new self-managed fan club called The Pack, which you can find at deathangelpack.com and of course find the band all over social media they are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram be sure that you're also checking out www.nhte.net and connect with us on social media as well, Facebook, YouTube Twitter, and Instagram, and of course you can listen to the show and subscribe, do tell your friends about it, give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio too, that really does help the show a lot, we are on iTunes Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud and TuneIn Radio That'll do it for Now Here, This Entertainment. We're gonna close with a song from Death Angel. This is the one that Mark just talked about. It's called Lost.